What if you could spend this Christmas season delighting in your Savior instead of trying to create a picture-perfect holiday? Christmas is all about the birth of Christ, yet we often are more focused on finishing our holiday to-do list than celebrating the greatest gift of all. In Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, Asherita Chuchu invites you to prepare your heart so you can worship Jesus. Each daily devotional will lead you to meditate on a different name of Jesus from God's Word. Some of those names include the resurrection and the life, King of Kings, Light of the World, Word of God, the Alpha and the Omega, and the Lamb of God. So come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. My guest today is Asherita Chuchu, the author of Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, which is a devotional book, and Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. We'll talk about both books today on Family Shield. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Asherita, thank you for being my guest today on Family Shield. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's my joy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. So tell our listeners why you wrote these books. Well, they were born out of my own need, truly. Um, I grew up as a missionary kid in Romania, and Christmas was the most wonderful time of the year in some ways, in that we had great opportunities to love and serve our community and um, reach out to those who are open at this time of year. Um but also as a as a child, it felt overwhelming. There was just so much hustle and bustle, so many events and activities to do, and my little introverted heart just couldn't take that much. And I grew up to be somewhat of a Grinch, um, just wanting the season to be over, just wanting to get back to normal life. And um, fast forward to becoming um, a brand new mom, and there was an older mom in our church who told me, aren't you just so excited this year? You get to celebrate Christmas with your one-year-old and so many fun traditions. And I I told her in that moment, I'm I'm not really excited, honestly. It's it's also overwhelming and I'm afraid I'm gonna ruin Christmas <laughs> for my children and for my family. I just don't know how to do this well. And um she looked at me with so much love and tenderness and said, Asherita, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, you get to decide what Christmas can be like for your family. And why don't you take some time to pray and ask God to lead you, to show you, to help you recapture the wonder and joy of Christmas for what it's truly meant to be. And that year, Kay, I did. I, I prayed that and I asked God that he would restore to me that joy of of Christmas. And he led me to study the names of Jesus that year. Um, and so in that, those weeks leading up to Christmas Day, every day I would take a, a different name of Jesus. Uh, you mentioned some at the start of the program, and there's a line of Judah, Lamb of God, Good Shepherd, Emmanuel, Bread of Life. And every name that I would study and, and unwrap, it, it felt like unwrapping a gift unwrapping the presence of the presence of Jesus. And that year, as I got closer and closer to Christmas Eve, in my heart there for the first time was this anticipation and expectation of celebrating the coming of Jesus. 
Um, and I remember walking into church that Christmas Eve, walking toward the manger scene at the front of the church, and the joy of the birth of Jesus just overwhelmed me that year, because here he is, the king born in a manger, Christ the Lord, the Son of God taking on flesh as Emmanuel to be with us. And it was such an incredible experience to discover once again that truly Jesus is the gift of Christmas. I mean, we say that, but it wasn't until that year of actually preparing my heart to celebrate him that I discovered that joy for myself. And so I couldn't keep it to myself. That's mm-hmm. what why I wrote the book. Oh, That's wonderful. what became Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. And over the past five years, um, thousands of families have used it individually and with children and with their Bible study groups um, to also rediscover the joy of Christmas in Jesus. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for writing the books and focusing, help us focus on Jesus, our Savior and Lord. One of the names you focus on is Lord of Lords. We often don't think about the word Lord Why is that a significant name for Jesus? Yeah, so we really don't have it. Unless you're watching British dramas, um, you're probably not familiar with this this term of Lord in in our common day vernacular. Um, And yet, historically, uh, the Lord of a hamlet, the Lord of an area, was responsible for the welfare of the people who lived Um, under his authority. Uh, If something went wrong with the crops, the harvest that year, it fell on him to take care of them. And also they would bring their tribute to the Lord of that that area geographically. Um, And so this idea of lordship is one that demands submission and reverence and honor, but it's also one that implies provision and care. If if you lived, you know, a thousand years ago, if you lived in the hamlet um, in an agricultural society where you farmed the land with your family, you were dependent on the harvest each year. If you had a good Lord, then you knew that you could depend on him to take care of you. If he was a bad Lord, um, then you would fear him, and, and there would be this reticence. Um, but Scripture again and again affirms that Jesus is good. He has such a good heart to take care of his people, but also he's not just Lord Jesus. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the one who rules over the rulers of this world. And so even though we don't live in an agrarian society anymore, even we don't live in these um, feudal ship kind of structure of society, um, yet we still live under the authority of political rulers. And so it's so comforting that Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, rules over even those lords. And he has a heart of love for us. And so whether we look back on this past year, whether it's been a good year or a bad year, whether it's been a great harvest or a a um, just hard, hard harvest where we feel like there's been more loss than gains, we know that we can depend on the Lord of Lords to take care of us. Absolutely. And Jesus is both true God and true man at the same time. We call that the dual nature of Christ. Um, I just want people to understand when we say Lord, we we mean true God 
and true man. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people struggle during the Christmas season with grief or loneliness, heartache or pain. It can be a really difficult time for people that have lost loved ones. How can understanding Jesus as man of sorrows help us bring this to to light? Mm, I mean, what an incredible name that Jesus um, in God becoming flesh, taking on human form, he subjected himself to the limitations and the hardships of being human. I mean, scripture says that he was tempted and tried in every way, yet without sin. But also he was in relationship with people. And so every hardship, every sorrow, every type of pain and suffering, Jesus experienced that in his body. He knows what it is to feel pain. He knows the the turmoil of uh, restless, sleepless nights. He knows what it's like to hunger and thirst. He knows what it's like to be tired and, and overwhelmed and overtaxed and people demanding much of you. Jesus experienced that. But emotionally, relationally, Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed mm-hmm. by a friend. Mm-hmm. He knows what it's like to be abandoned by those you love. He knows what it's like to grieve the loss of a loved one. He knows sorrow because he experienced sorrow. And so whatever it is that our listeners are going through today, right now, whatever sorrow is heavy on your heart, Jesus understands it because as man of sorrows, he has experienced that as well. He's the only one He's experienced not just human suffering and hardship and pain, but also on a divine level, too. When he hung on the cross and he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back against me? Why why are you absent? I, I don't sense your presence. That deep sorrow, the, the dark night of the soul, as some people would describe it, um, Jesus experienced that on our behalf, that he might be with us in our sorrow. And so because of what Jesus experienced on the cross, we have hope that we do not walk through our sorrow alone, but rather the man of sorrows sits with us. He understands it. He empathizes with it. And the book of Hebrews says that we have in Jesus a great high priest as well, that he knows what it's like to be human. He knows the weakness, the sorrow, the pain that we endure. And because he knows, he's not one who is hard-hearted toward us, but rather he empathizes with us in our weakness. And so we get to come before the throne of grace with boldness and confidence in our sorrow, in our weeping, in our suffering, in our temptations, in our trials. We get to come to the man of sorrows, who is now our great high priest to find mercy and help and comfort in our time of need. Very good. So um, we've been talking about your first book, uh, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, which is a devotional book. But I want to transition now and talk a little bit about the same, a different book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. And it's important that we help our children focus on Jesus. And I loved when I saw this book, which I think is one of your newer ones. So why Mm -hmm. a book for children? Mm. Well, I have kids of my own. (laughs) 
So that's a good place to to start. Our children are nine, six, and four. And so um, as I've, you know, spent these years unwrapping the names of Jesus for myself and written this devotional for families, for adults, uh, we just heard from so many families who were using the devotional with their children, um, but it's really geared toward older, older children, maybe teenagers. Um, and, and so we were needing a resource for the younger kids, for those who are not yet able to read on their own. And, and maybe some of these concepts might feel a little bit hard to grasp, to kind of um, understand um, these names of Jesus. But um, what I found actually is that children are capable of so much more. Um, when we present these names of Jesus in story form. Mm -hmm. And so I love that Jesus taught through stories. Uh, We call them parables. And so much of the Bible is story. It's a narrative. Um, And so that's what we ended up doing, my publisher and I. We took Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, and we framed it in the story of a little girl who follows Jesus. Um, and her parents are his disciples. And so she gets to witness Jesus' life and ministry, the the multiplication of the bread and fish, the resurrection of Lazarus, overturning the tables in the temple. And as she follows along and, and gets to know Jesus, um, she learns these names of Jesus that are exemplified and illustrated in these stories. So, you know, when he um, it raises Lazarus from the dead. That that's when she understands of oh, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. As he hangs on the cross, she understands he is the man of sorrows. He he understands that pain and suffering. Um, and so it's, it's such a beautiful story of Jesus through the eyes of a child that bridges that two thousand year gap and allows today's children to experience the story of Jesus from a child's perspective, because I I truly believe that we need to be teaching our children um, solid theology of who Jesus is, uh, what his names represent about his character, and we can do that in story form in a way that draws them in and makes them want to lean in um, because th- those words are so magical. When you start a conversation with whether a child or an adult and you say, Hey, can I tell you a story? <laughs> They're always going to lean in. They-, they want to hear that. And so that has been our hope with unwrapping the names of Jesus for kids that um, we might offer the next generation our own Jesus stories as well. As we read this book of, of this little girl and her experience with Jesus and what she learns about him, um, my hope and prayer is that it would serve as a springboard for parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles to share their Jesus stories with Emmanuel, with Bread of Life, and, and how they experience Jesus in their own lives because their children need to hear these stories. Wonderful. I want to make a few announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about uh, the na- uh, unwrapping the names of Jesus for kids. Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations throughout the United States and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate educational and outreach services that serve individuals and their families. 
We want to thank Concordia Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri, for their mission grant to help us with our radio ministry and podcast. Thank you, Concordia members. Your gift is transforming lives. To encourage our radio listeners to support us with a gift from now until the end of the year, we'll share the name of the person, family, congregation, or organization that sends us a gift. Please let us know which station you listen to when you send your gift. You can support us by writing a check and mailing it to us or by going to the website at www.familyshieldministries.org. This week, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, What is Christmas? To receive it, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please consider participating in Family Shield Ministries Generations Legacy Program and plan to leave a gift to help future generations come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. If you've already put Family Shield into your will or estate, let us know so we can recognize you. Did you know you can give an estate gift without changing your will or trust? Did you know you can turn a life insurance policy over to the ministry that you no longer need? You might also consider a transfer from your IRA if you are 70 and a half years of age or older. Now, I, w- I want to again go back to my guest, Asherita Chuchu. And uh, we began, just began talking about her book, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus for Kids. So what are some of the common challenges children face in farming a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, I think it, it can be twofold. Um, and this is you know, based on my own experience as a mom, but also in in talking with others who are in um, children's ministry, is on the one hand, I think we can overcomplicate. <laughs> um, we can overcomplicate the gospel in a sense of um, feeling paralyzed, like we need to hit all these certain points in a certain order. I remember as I was reading to my daughter the the story of Jesus' death on the cross. I felt internally a, a pressure to get things right, to say things a certain way. Um, and and instead, there's this peace from God that came that reassured me um, that He's at work in our children's lives. And so we get to share with them the story of Jesus. We get to share what He did on the cross, but it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to follow a certain formula. Um, God's at work in our children's lives the same way that he is at work in ours. And so I think there's this reassurance that we don't have to overcomplicate things when we share them with children. But on the other hand, we don't have to oversimplify them either. Um, I think sharing the story of Jesus through story is such a wonderful opportunity to share who Jesus is um, through his names, that as we retell gospel tellings of of Jesus' encounters with the little children when he says, come to me, um, let the children come to me. Don't don't hold them away. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those like this. Um, It's such a wonderful opportunity for us to invite our children to come to Jesus alongside us, that as we are learning more about who he is and what he's done, as we are unwrapping his names, Um, that we get to invite them to come alongside to experience him. Because I think children need to know that Jesus is 
the man of sorrows because children experience sorrow in their own lives. They need to know that Jesus is the Lion of Judah who protects his own because many children today experience bullying and experience those who are in power who who might want to harm them. They need to know that the Lion of Judah stands to protect his children. They need that assurance that the light of the world invites them into his light so that they don't have to be afraid of the dark. I think Jesus' names give us such a wonderful way to lay a solid foundation of theological understanding for our children that is neither overcomplicated nor oversimplified, but simply inviting children to come and experience and get to know Jesus. Okay, good. So uh, you may have already shared some of this, but how might a family weave the different names of Jesus into their prayer and devotional life? Yeah, what, well, we've... What we've experienced in our family is, you know, especially around this Christmas season time, as we've created a, a tradition of unwrapping Jesus' names most days leading up to Christmas, not necessarily every day. Um, but as we learn more about a different name each day, um, it weaves into conversations. When, you know, when we're talking about, for example, Jesus, as um, the Savior of the world, the Lord is salvation. Um, that allows us in day-to-day conversation to identify like, what things in our lives do f- we feel trapped by or, or where do we feel stuck that we need Jesus to be the Savior who rescues us. Um, and, and as we learn the names of Jesus, it not only provides us those easy entries into conversations in day-to-day life, but I believe the names of Jesus can also become a vocabulary of worship Mm. that we, as a family, can weave those names into our prayers as well. But we can thank the Good Shepherd for leading us through a hard season as a family. Maybe grandma or grandpa are sick, and um, we we feel that that trepidation and fear of what's going to happen next we can thank the Good Shepherd for walking with us through the dark valley of the shadow of death. Um, When we feel alone or scared uh, because of a job change, maybe mom or dad lost their job, um, we can thank Emmanuel, God with us, that even in the hard times, he won't let us go. And we don't have to be afraid because he, Emmanuel, is with us. So these names become such a beautiful way um, to be part of our conversation, part of our prayer, part of our discipleship that invite children, it invites children to experience more and more of Jesus in their own personal lives as well. Good. So in the opening pages of your book, you feature three generations of Jesus followers, a mom, her kids, and the grandma. Why is multi-generational discipleship a part of your story, and why do you think it's important for Christian families today? Yeah, that was so important to me because I've experienced the power of multi-generational discipleship. Um, I grew up hearing the stories of my grandparents and great-grandparents stories of their faithfulness amidst persecution um, in communist Romania. Mm. Both sides of my family are Romanian, and um, that's a big part of our story, is how these women, especially the women in my family, um, clung to Jesus during the hard times and the uncertainties. 
And so hearing their stories of God's faithfulness during the hardship, um, witnessing their love and passion for Jesus as a child, um, affirms to me that this isn't just the faith of mom and dad. It's not just um, the, the powerful God who works miracles in the Old and New Testament. Rather, God is alive and he's at work today. God's spirit is at work in the world. And and those testimonies that come from generation after generation um, provide such a solid basis for the next generation to build their faith on. And we see this in Scripture as well. We see in the Old Testament again and again there is the call that one generation would um, bear witness to the next generation of God's wonder and miracles and His power at work. Uh, the Israelites were to tell the story of the Exodus to their children again and again, year after year. And we see this in the New Testament, too, when when Jesus um, heals this man and casts demons out of him. Um, he wants to follow Jesus. He wants to be a part of his disciple group. And Jesus tells him, no, 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 go home. Go home and tell your people what God has done for you. And so this is so important that we tell our stories of God's faithfulness, that um, as parents, as grandparents, aunts and uncles, um, that we do not allow the stories of God's faithfulness in our lives to die with our generation, but rather that we pass them on to the next generation. And in this book in particular, in the children's book, uh, my, my inspiration for the mom and the grandma and then the little boy and the little girl is actually this one verse that Paul writes to Timothy, you know, from a young age, you were taught the scriptures. And he references Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mom and grandmother. And I thought, what a beautiful story. I, I wonder what that would have been like for Timothy to grow up with a mom and a grandma who share their Jesus stories, who who open the scriptures and explain them to Timothy so that he had such a solid theological foundation as a young man that he was able to to partner with Paul in in continuing to reach the first century people for Jesus. Um, and so even though those names are not mentioned in the book that Timothy, Eunice, Lois, that don't their names don't show up in the children's book, that truly is the inspiration for what we see transpiring on the pages of the children's book. And and again, my hope is that moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas read this and that they would be emboldened to share their Jesus stories with the children in their lives as well. Very good. Our time is up. My guest has been Asherita Choo Choo. Her books, uh, well, the second one, Unwrapping the Names of Jesus uh, for Kids, which is what we've been talking about. Uh, again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries. To learn more about our ministry, go to our website, www familyshieldministries.org and uh, check with us if you want to learn more about how to get uh, Asherita's books and I'm sure they're at Amazon and in other places as well but our time is up. Thank you so much for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Thank you.